heard your matoke meal yet? My guess is millions have already served or are waiting for what is cooking on fire. This is the new Vision Daily podcast with me, Razia Asman, on 23rd of August. Hello from Texford in Sonde, Kampala, a startup that is making the most of what we know as garbage, trash from banana, a staple in Uganda. Millions feed on the fruit every day across the country, and it's grown widely. At least 75% of farmers grow it. Tons of the food crop is harvested every season. Here, there are seven or so bananas grown behind the main building. Looking through the stems, there's a pile of what at first glance is all rubbish. There's normally little that can be done with banana waste. The peelings are used as animal feed, the leaves for wrapping food, and stems are discarded like this. But for Texford, this is where production starts. The noise is from a fabricated machine that is pressing out remnants from sliced stems to remain with fiber. They come out wet and aligned to dry under the sun. It's from these tiny threads that textile weaver Muturi Kimani thought he could produce household items. He came up with Texford. Uganda is doing so badly in terms of exporting bananas. We rank number 70 banana exporting country, meaning that there is a big gap between the production and value addition. We are not adding value to what we produce we consume locally here okay now we thought by commercializing fiber from banana stem could uh, could probably help us do some value addition with such innovative thinking kimani and his team have found ways to make use of the banana waste they are making textile and other products from the stems. A variety of items are on display at the reception, from paper hanging on the walls, carpets to even synthetic hair, which is biodegradable. Evelyn Nakabuye is an enthusiast of the natural products made in Uganda and out of what she eats every day. Like many women, she's interested in the hair. This hair braid comes from banana fiber the banana stems that where we get the matoke. I've used it before and it's very good. It does not irritate the skin. It is soft. It does not itch. So we can use it for our hair, for plating our hair. Their trick is to focus on the more basic human needs like clothing. Looking at the banana fiber closely, they discovered they could produce textile out of it. Kimani shows me some cotton-like wool. There are two types. One is white and feels very soft. It can be confused for cotton. We just try with various uh, uh, chemicals and procedures uh, until we have materials now which can be spun into a thread and that thread can be used to weave a, a fabric for a shirt, for a dress, for a trouser and for other uses. And probably you wouldn't tell the difference between banana fiber cloth and cotton cloth. That is a very successful level. Uh, because when I look at the way cotton is grown for the purposes of making textiles, banana is grown by purposes of food. So it has a quick motivation to a farmer than cotton. If we can get the cotton material, cotton-like 
material from banana, banana fibers, then we believe that that is one of the crop that can transform the incomes of our farmers and also the country. At Texford, students are taught how to weave. For a decade now, they are being recognized for the value they are adding as they help create demand for banana fiber. Despite the challenges, the interest to keep innovating, achieve a vision that is shared by the entire staff, and empower banana farmers keep Kimani going. It's a tested idea, and a lot of research has gone into the production. But to sustain production, they'll need investment in long industrial process. For the textiles, we need to set up uh, a processing line. This processing line is just like a cotton processing line with one more additional equipment. And uh, it's usually an expensive venture uh, because it cannot be a venture that is less than $2 million to have a medium scale, not as large as you see nightail and fine spinners. Those are quite massive. There's a medium, medium scale. So if we get that, we shall be able to, to set up a medium scale banana textile processing uh, plant. Razia Athman, reporting for the New Vision Daily podcast in Kampala. Tributes continue to pour in for the Deputy Inspector General of Police, Major General Paul Lokech, who was nicknamed the Lion of Mogadishu. News about his sudden death over the weekend has been received in the northern city of Gulu with sadness, disbelief and anger. On the streets, people were left numb after hearing a son of the soil had passed away. George Ovola, the Gulu NRM party secretary, described the death of Major General Paul Lokech as equivalent to the death of one million people. His contribution for this country, for this part in the peace talk, we shall always miss him. I believe as a actually all war, we have missed an icon, we don't have much words to say. The police force said on Sunday that the senior military officer was killed by a blood clot which developed from a fracture in the right leg. John Muto, a veteran journalist who has known the late Major General since 1981, is full of praise for the man who came to be known as the Lion of Mogadishu. I must say I'm shocked by his death. He's a man who's doing a very good job in solving the mystery of crime in this country. Personally, I knew him because we trained together in Tobamba military school. He was an intelligence officer, the first division quarters, when I was a reporter of the military. So we always dressed with him. The former Nwoya District Deputy Local Council 5 Chairperson Kibwata Betty was moved to tears after receiving the news. We really felt it's more or less like a punishment. Having been brought to that level, when uh, somebody who have been very, very active and participatory in, in the activity within the government, but we are not happy about it. So we just say, may the good Lord rest his soul in internal, in internal peace.
Youth leader Daniel Rachkara reflects on the inspirational image that Major General Lokech had on young people in his native Acholi sub-region. What does it leave us, the young people, if we so much admire to grow, develop, and become future leaders of this country? And yet, the people we admire so dearly, even reach at a certain position in their lives and they just die a death difficult to believe actually as a whole is darkened saddened shocked Lokech is remembered as a great friend of Somalia where he led the Uganda Amazon contingent to fight terror he's been described as a gallant hero and a pan-african patriot he will be buried on Friday honored with a gun salute by the UPDF and police. 20 volleyball players sweat it out during training in Entebbe. At break is a lady cheering them on and sharing tips as some of them gallop water. And in a few minutes, they get back on the court. Time for action. Sheila Alison Omuriwe Buyungo begins her new job with the Uganda Volleyball Federation TAF preparing for the African Nations Championships. She's the first female head coach for the men's national volleyball team. The former women's national team player is being touted as Africa's first woman to hold the position. Don't minimize any opportunity you're given uh, and, and just think, dream big. Think big and you'll be able to, to come across such opportunities and show what us as a female gender can also do. Um, it still beats my understanding why it's still an issue of female or men, but uh, that's how it is and that's how I guess we have to fight in, in, in this world. The boys are excited about the new coach whose breakthrough was with the Kampala Amateur Volleyball Club in 2014 when she managed a team the entire season and won the Serie A National League. She later moved to Air Force Volleyball Club, which she has trained from 2017 to 2021. George Aporo is the Uganda National Volleyball Team captain. He is trusting Buyungo to help them put up excellent performance on the court. She's been training the men before. Uh, at, at club level. So national team, I think, for her also will be a new experience. But uh, we hope to work together. And indeed, so far, so far, so good. The boys are positive. And uh, we are hoping that we'll, we'll give it our best so that uh, she'll have a good, a good time with the team. Yeah. Buyungo had been coaching under 13s, coached as a graduate assistant coach at University of Bridgeport, and when Uganda beat Egypt, she was a player. The games to take place in Rwanda double as qualifiers for the World Cup, but it's difficult to tell how far Buyungo's side will go. In volleyball has been out of season for uh, two years pretty much. So before we came, we weren't sure what to expect. But the one week we've had with the boys, it's, it's pretty good. It's just a few things we are cleaning up. So I believe by next week, the instructions we're giving them, they'll, be, um, they'll have registered and they'll be playing together as a team. And uh, for the championship coming ahead, I honestly believe that we have a big chance to qualify. Uh, we just have to be able to keep the focus. The boys need to know what goes we've set and we just go and attain them. The coach and her team are picking a 14-man squad today. 20 volleyballers have been in camp for three weeks. 
professional player Daudi Okello won't be among the representatives because he's going for trials at his new club in Korea. Still, captain Aporo is optimistic. We've been usually competing at the zone 5 only and limiting ourselves to a few teams. So far, as I follow the trends, it seems like uh, there are quite a number of nations going to take part and Uganda being there will be a good thing. One, for our ranking, two, for the boys' exposure and, uh, and all of us. But very importantly, we expect to put up a, a good show. We don't know how far we are going because of the time, the time limitations, but we promise to give it our best and uh, we'll fly the Ugandan flag high. The team leaves for Rwanda on Saturday to take on their challenges as they strive for appearance at the world stage. And that brings us to the end of our podcast this Monday. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to download the new Vision app for stories on this podcast and more on our various platforms.